Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I have had the privilege of meeting a number of individuals that have shared fascinating stories from their experiences in the pre-COVID, COVID, and now in the expanded COVID period. Out of 220 podcasts to date, many of my guests have highlighted their commitment to help a variety of charitable and social impact agencies. Examples of two such organizations that have recently stood out to me include, first, the In From The Cold charity that Abir and Aya Al-Qadri from A to Z Liquidation support. They were my guests on episode 220. Second, the Brown Bagging for Calgary's Kids is just one charity that Matthew Andrade and his family business, Gentleman Rogue, are supporting. Matthew was my guest on episode 200. Take the time to consider donating to either one or both of these organizations. Brown Bagging for Calgary Kids can be found at bbck4.org and In From The Cold has a unique website, onesmallgift.ca. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Good morning. Is that Ellen? Good morning, Alan. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks. And uh, welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I think we had three attempts at this. Yes, we did. But it worked out. So there we go. It was meant to be. Terrific. Well, you know, Ellen, this is episode number 231. But I'm looking at your I'm looking at your social media posts. And I think you've done well over 231 uh um, I don't know, some kind of public relations uh, for yourself personally, I think so. Yeah, well, thank you very much for the feedback. So let's, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute, but uh, for okay. now, introduce yourself, Ellen. Tell us a little bit about what got started, how you got started with Parker PR. Okay, great. Thanks for asking. Um, well, I was brought up in Calgary. My parents are musicians and really involved in the community. Yeah. And growing up, I was always inspired by um, by the work that they did and fashion and art. And I was always a leader in school on parent council and captain of sports teams and <laughs> naturally brought people together. I yeah. wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to help women or I wanted to start a charity organization. That was always kind of my passion. But right. I, it was my my grade six te- or grade seven teacher that said I should go into PR. I didn't know really what that was. And well, way back in grade seven, you already had that. Yeah. He or she told you you should be in PR. I did. So I I found a unique program at Mount Royal. It was an applied degree for PR. This was after I had been studying for political science for a couple of years because right. I was planning on going into law school. Um, but I applied for this Um, very hard to get into at the time degree program and I was accepted so I graduated with a degree in public relations and I did my thesis on how to implement a business model into a not-for-profit for for sustainability right Um, that was my passion and I worked for dr. David Swan I officially nominated him when he ran in 2004 and then I worked for WordFest as a fundraising coordinator. I was with the Calgary um, Interfaith Food Bank as the communications coordinator. And then I moved to New York City because, yes. of course, that's where the best PR in the world happens. As every so is that, on, is that on Madison Avenue? Is that the same that they talk about with the ad agencies? Is it the same or is it different? Um, is what, sorry? 
Well, you know how Mad Men, the show, and there's Madison Avenue oh, yeah. and all these uh, yeah, well, ma yeah, Mad Men is was a serious sort of marketing company. Right. Um, Sex in the City kind of defined <laughs> PR with Samantha Jones back in the '90s, which I would say was probably a bit of an influence for me. But also, my mom's very good friend Dee Fontans, she was well known in Calgary. She ran the wearable art program at the Alberta University for the Arts, right? Really called ACAD. I started volunteering there when I was about 10 or 11, um, helping with charity events and, right. and helping promote wearable art. That was very interesting. It was really popular in the 90s in Calgary with Fashion Central downtown. So that's where I started doing all my volunteering. And Dee was from New York and she graduated from university in New York and she's an artist and she always told me to go to New York. So I did in my 20s and I worked yeah. there. I worked for a boutique PR company. I had clients like Candace Bushnell who wrote Sex in the City. Uh, no way. Yeah. It just, like this week or was it last, this, just the other day? We were, I had this yesterday the pod, or two days ago on the podcast, uh, Sexy AF Spirits, oh. Joanne Reynolds. And we were talking about it. She posted her first post was, Sex in the City's back, and except for Miranda, and it was a picture of Miranda holding a drink or something like that. Except for Samantha, but oh, yeah, Samantha, oh, right? <laughs> Wait, if Samantha's not going to be on. She's the PR person, though, isn't she? She is. Yeah. So she's yeah. Kim Cattrall. She's in her mid sixties. Yeah. Going in a different direction, but I worked with the woman who was the visionary for that. Um, she wrote the book, which inspired HBO to create the film and the series, actually. Um, so yeah, I worked for a PR company with several boutique restaurants, hotels. It was located in the West village. It was very interesting, fascinating, applying the same methodology that I did prior with the not-for-profits I worked with. And after doing that for some time, I accepted a job at the Institute for Children and Poverty, which is a in, in New York. In New York. Yeah. In Manhattan, um, oh, wow. off of St. Mark's, um, and I worked there for um, for a long time. So that's when I really just, it was amazing um, and inspiring. My role was to work with administrators, service providers, so four homeless shelters in Manhattan and Queens and the Bronx, yes. and look at trends in homelessness and poverty, especially among families and children, and present findings at conferences across the country. So that job brought me to different states, um, San Diego, Washington, D.C., uh, Boston, uh, Philadelphia, different places where my team would bring content and attend conferences on this topic as well as present on various topics. So it's incredible because, I mean, if you think of the I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to stigmatize, but it's really you, you see that the the PR or the self-image, those people in, I guess, homeless people, they don't like to be in the spotlight. And that's very much kind of what you were doing or was it you were not? We were bringing issues into the spotlight to try to yeah. implement policy change. So, right. so we worked with the, with the service provider, uh, we worked with administrators and we worked with um, the individuals receiving the services. So those were homeless families primarily, as well as the policymakers. So the goal was to create compelling content to implement policy change. And right. all of that was fantastic experience. I was in New York for three years, but
But one thing I was not doing is I was not starting my own business. And so I um, serendipity happened and I was offered a position with the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra in, yeah. in development with as a manager. And I took on the job of um, I was a manager of education and outreach for the orchestra. And that role honed my skills in fundraising and development. Yeah. And I did that for two years and then I started my own business in Calgary. And so it was all a plan to acquire the skills necessary to be able to bring the kind of elevated communication opportunities to organizations and businesses that I value, that matter, that make our city a better place to be um, and to create that platform in Calgary. Sure. And New York, because I have um, other exciting news that I will share with you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to stop you from there sharing anything, but I want to go to the Philharmonic because there's no surprise that Jeremy Clark is also was on. A, he was a guest of the podcast and arranged from your team. Mm -hmm. But he's also very, very part of a uh, very significant part of the Philharmonic. Absolutely. And he and I are on the foundation board of directors together as well. So that's one thing that Parker PR does is we build community and bring people together and do lots of joint venture um, collaboration and working together enhancement for mutual beneficial opportunities. So are you going to, I'll give you back the chance now, back to the New York link. So you're going to be on Sex in the City. Is that what you're going to, you're going to announce? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Well, yeah. who knows, really, right? The sky's the limit, in my opinion. They're going to go back to when they were young, and, <laughs> and you're going to—they're going to feature you as Samantha, or I mean, I don't—in terms of the, you know, being the maybe the similar look, but you're out there anyway. I, I look—I'm <laughs> going back to your your Instagram posts, and ninety percent of them look like it's you behind the microphone, behind the photo. Mm -hmm. But maybe I'm just exaggerating. Well, I think it's uh, it's. It's a good it's a good strategy for small business people to walk the talk and be very present and prevalent within their business. I think it's important as a leader. And, um, that's something that, yeah, that I value. And I mean, my company has my name on it, so I need to walk the talk. No, no, I, I, I very much. I'm just like I'm, the Instagram shout out to your team, the social media team. But I wanted you to hear from somebody right here. She, you may recognize this person. Oh, there we go. We are so grateful for all the moms who are working so hard wearing many hats, teacher, friend, advisor during this time. So Little Park Village has put together a very thoughtful... I just wanted to share that because I had... Wow, I was, it's really, really well done. So I wanted to share Oh, that. thank you. I don't know if you heard that. Could you hear it? I could, yes. Willow Park, Wine and Spirits. Shout out. So I digress, and I apologize for that, Ellen. So... Let's. So you you came to Calgary. You start you working with the Philharmonic, and you decided to open up your own PR shop. Yeah, yeah. So I I was with the orchestra, and I got married, and I had two boys back to back, Oliver and Henry, who are now nine and seven. And I decided actually that I was going to not go back to the orchestra um, and leave my children. I wanted to create my own consulting company and work from home with them. So yeah. that was reinforced by a number of musicians actually at the orchestra who 
when they found out I wasn't coming back to work, they reached out to me to help them with their own small ensembles because many of them have side jobs as well to help compensate their income. Um, So I started working with a small ensemble just on the side and then, Uh, yeah, and then it very naturally and organically grew. I ended up having to hire my first employee and she's and she's actually still with me her name's jamie campbell and she's my director of operations six years later well jamie happens to also be the one who's reached out and and linked me together with uh jeremy and i think there's a new there's a new fellow we're we're working on so yeah yeah so a shout out to jamie campbell who's been with me since day one who's like family six but that's like that's a, you hear this, you know, employee one or employee seven of Facebook or whatever. So I mean, when you P, park your PR is global, Jamie's going to be employee number one, and it'll she be next to you know whatever it is in the fa- infamy there. Absolutely, so. she has opportunity to do whatever she wants with my help. <laughs> <laughs> so the I mean the the and now you and I talked a little bit offline, and, and it's more than just. I guess over the as you've, how long is the so first of all how long has the company been you've been on your we've own we've been um, Parker PR six, it'll be six years in November six years okay just as long as Jamie's been yeah. around uh, so the the you were saying it's changed a lot over that time it's not just PR you've kind of evolved into a machine of other mm-hmm. so PR is kind of the umbrella term that I use for all of the different communication strategies that we implement with our clients. So yeah, we're basically a full service PR company. Uh, During COVID, we launched Parker Media. That's the way that we responded to COVID to, yeah, to enhance our clients' digital presence, because that's something that's very important right now, of course, Um, and virtual opportunity and social media marketing. Um, So Parker Media, I, I brought on a wonderful new team member who worked on Ghostbusters, the film, and worked on Jumanji, the film. Um, she's a film producer and uh, videographer and photographer, and Caitlin. Yeah. So she's joined our team. And then I have Jacqueline Brown and Bob Sumner, who have news backgrounds and video, again, and photography backgrounds. So we developed Parker Media that's been going very well. Um, during COVID. And then we also are just about to launch another service called um, Ask an Artist. And I have a creative director who's located in Soho in Manhattan working with Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And um, this is going to be, this is something exciting that people can look for and watch for. And it's actually, we'll have partners in New York City, Copenhagen, Paris, London, L.A., um, working with me on this project. So that is that that's kind of to to promote artists and get them online and digital sort of giving them that digital presence. Well, it's an opportunity for people to basically have a virtual or in person when we get there a creative director for any of their projects um, with a wealth of education, experience, and knowledge coming from different places around the world. So. For example, right. if you want to elevate your home for your children, we have a service called the Creative Child, where you ask an artist. So one of our artists and our main artist who I'm working with on this project, her name is Anna Rockwell. So you could hire her for an hour to do a virtual consultation with you um, under the Creative Child umbrella, where she would provide um 
art historical relevance and ideas around how to elevate your space to optimize your child's ability to be creative and have cognitive thinking and um, all sorts of advances based on changing your space and working with right. someone virtually because of COVID. So if people, for example, I have a beautiful walk-in closet, like I mentioned, I've been inspired by art and fashion my life. <laughs> yeah. So I could, I could hire um, someone through the Ask an Artist service from Paris to do an hour or several hour consultation on my wardrobe and on my um, walk-in closet space, as an example. I, I, it sounds like there's no limit to that, that sort of where that could go. Yes, I mean, literally, Renee, you remind me, I was talking to Renee Schillmover from Kids OT, which is occupational therapy. And she said, before COVID, I barely met, I never met the parents. Mm -hmm. So they, she does in-home, you know, she'll come to the home and do the occupa occupational therapy for the children, five and up, up. And she said, during COVID, suddenly I was meeting the parents and we were doing Zoom calls and they were showing me their mm -hmm. space. And that, to your point, what can you do? So she, she'd get them, she'd they get the iPad, they turn it around and show the kitchen or show the rooms and, oh, look at over there. You could use this for mm -hmm. that. I mean, I, I, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, I just exactly. To well, yeah, no, that's, and I mean, office spaces, home spaces. And even if someone were to say to me, I want to become more creative and my goal for my new year's resolution is to take up an art form. You could have a consultation with our service, ask an artist, yeah. They would tell you what kind of canvases to buy, what kind of paint, help you find a direction in terms of what sort of art you are inspired by, whether it's Impressionism and Monet or Degas or Van Gogh. Or So it's, it's an, a learning opportunity about being creative and about art, but also helping people refine their spaces or just um, onboard new skills and do new things to have joy in their life. No, it sounds like you're gonna be. It's gonna. You're gonna have a whole new mm -hmm. wing, of of you know. You are. You're already creating something, and it's. Did that come up just out of like your kind of PR work, or is it you stumbled? You said the serendipity. Sounds like some something happened to, to create. Yeah, that. you know, it's actually interesting. So Anna Rockwell is. I've known her since we were ten, and she went yeah. to through the Waldorf School education with me. And she's lived in New York City for over 10 years or over 12 years now. Um, and she's working on a PhD in art. She's very talented. She's very creative. She's very experienced. And yeah, through COVID, we were brainstorming new business ideas. And I have the financial means to create, um, create something. And she has knowledge and skill set sure. to add value. So I basically decided to bring her on board to create the direction for this new business idea and it's going to go under the parker pr umbrella you know i just I, just listening to you speak about that i just listened to a podcast in the rent the runway or is it it's rent the runway and you're expecting you know the most people they hired would be so he I was listening to him speak to the founder and he said our, our 80 percent of our hires are digital people uh, and I, the technical digital people looking at data and so forth. And the biggest area of their new business or the biggest line of their business in Rent the Runway is the cleaning, the dry cleaning mm -hmm. surface. So, mm -hmm. you know, and it's incredible. You think, you know, fashion and kind of all these uh, designers and it, they're a big part of their businesses. So it's, you know, there's another shoot. And I'm just thinking here, 
there's going to be something that's going to come out that you're doing like the artists or helping artists. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a school educator. You're going to get into ed tech soon. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for that. (laughs) So let's, let's, let's uh, thank you for sharing though, the, your new line. And because I know you and I talked, uh, you've been very busy through COVID because your clients demands no longer, maybe not necessarily PR work, but other work. <laughs> maybe you can share some, some stories. Yeah, absolutely. That. So what I found is I've become a, a small business advisor and support for our clients to reinvent and, and kind of, you know, alter and change what they're doing to survive. So it's been a tremendous amount of effort just from a strategy perspective brain power perspective, looking at small boutiques in the city and helping them onboard e-commerce and change the entire way that they sell their product because people are no longer coming out and shopping in person because of COVID. Um, Restaurants completely remodeling what they're offering to make a whole takeout delivery service happen successfully. Um, We've had... We've basically just been helping our our clients with business, provide business solutions and business opportunities and figure out ways to keep their teams engaged as well. So not only just how are we surviving as a business, but obviously your team is the number one priority for any business and ensuring that your culture is positive. So offering ways to engage and inspire the people that work for you to make your business successful. So ideas like um, um, bringing, bringing treats to their homes and delivering exciting little snacks in, in preparation for a three-hour strategy session that you're now doing virtually where you would have otherwise yeah. been in the office. So putting together HR manuals and helping our clients come up with team building workshops to ensure that the culture is stays strong throughout this time. We've been helping our clients uh, tons of partnership opportunities. So partnering, you know, uh, Fishman's dr- wet cleaning, for example, with wins to do charity drives to not only benefit a community of people who are not doing as well right now, our women in need, sure. but also to help elevate the Fishman's brand through generating media attention for doing good work like that. Wait, Fishman's, wait, I've heard that. The wet cleaning, it's uh, Canada's only um, professional cleaning service that uses wet cleaning and it's environmentally friendly. It's absolutely amazing. Tasha Fishman's brilliant. You should have her. (laughs) Okay. I like, I mean, just sharing these ideas. I like, cause I'm just, but I'm telling you when I look at your, your Instagram posts and not yours, but there's a lot you guys really cover you guys or you, your team really covers a lot of local local companies i i, I got ideas and I, i'm sorry I, I wrote it down while i was while i was looking through your instagram account and i'm like wow there's just some really good ideas that creativity mm-hmm. is right there so i'm going to shout i'm going to shout out to you and your team for others to go and look and just on your instagram well thank account. you very much yeah i think we've become sort of a holistic support center for our clients. So looking at the things that matter right now during COVID, you know, like I mentioned, team and culture and leadership, offering our clients who are mostly the CEOs of small businesses, 
offering them ideas right. on how to be strong leaders. One thing that's really important right now, of course, is clarity, making sure that the team fully knows and understands exactly what they're supposed to be doing with regard to COVID and with regard to just working on tasks, because we're all working, many of us are working remotely. So we encouraged all of our clients to create COVID protocol lists and have them on the wall in your office. You know, so whether that is wear your mask when you're commuting from your desk to the bathroom, everyone has hand sanitizer, yeah. just basic rules, you know, like uh, good leadership starts with making sure that there's clarity for everybody. Good leadership starts with, of course, um, walking the talk. So ensuring that the leaders are working hard and and leading by example and showing up for Zoom calls making sure that professionalism is intact. So when doing Zoom calls, I tell my team to put blazers on. I don't care if you have sweats on the way down. But <laughs> we're working right now. We are professionals. We're not going to compromise that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's funny because there's so much literature. You'll just see ads and it's okay. You know, the, the different, pl what you wear for, you know, and, and literally the half people half dressing and things. Absolutely. Like Another that. thing like that. that we are encouraging is, to ensure that our clients are aligning their budgets for health and wellness. I mean, that's something that's really important right now for teams. So yeah. now people are coming to us for financial direction when it comes to their budgets. So was I doing this prior to COVID? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ellen, to your point, I mean, this, yeah, I got, I'm an accountant, but this kind of doing podcasts and all that, once in a while, you, you think that things have to change. I mean, literally your budgets are out the window, your forecasts, what I, what I, what I took as the norm from last, forget all that. Some assumptions have mm -hmm. really, really changed or they've gone zero. And how do you, how do you motivate? How do you change that? You know, as a, mm -hmm. as a small business, I've, I've been sitting with a pre COVID COVID and then you know, whatever you want to call this post COVID period. And, and there's just a lot of differences. You're, you're, I mean, you're highlighting some and I've, I've, I've had that benefit as well. Hitting, hitting, listening to people and some of their ideas. So yeah, I like this, this sharing. Their yeah. Um, I think that it's, it's also really important as a leader, we need to have an opportunity to support diversity in thought and um, not be in an echo chamber. So another thing that I've made sure is my team is comfortable having hard conversations about COVID and and making sure that yeah. we have those conversations so it doesn't become political. And I think any strong leader in the community probably sits on boards and probably volunteers for maybe their school. Myself, for example, I'm on the famous five foundation board of directors. I'm on the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra Foundation board of directors. I'm the chair of my children's school, community school board of directors. I'm um, a committee member on the Mount Royal University PR Advisory Committee. So I'm wearing many hats and I also have to ensure that I'm bringing this professionalism and ensuring clarity and ensuring um, open-mindedness to all of those organizations as well. Because for me to have a successful business, I need to also be successful in my own personal life and in my volunteer world, right? So um, another interesting challenge with COVID has been also bringing that leadership to the school community and to the parent community, because as you can imagine, I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of clarity that we are, have been given and 
So trying to find that and implement that based on obviously primarily the rules and what's legal and what's not. And then from there, um, just being understanding and being available is huge at this time for teams, I think, and as a leader. So I, I listen to all those hats you're wearing. And once in a while, there's that, uh, you know, and, it, and it use the words vulnerability or I had Eric Kroll on and he works with CEOs and people like yourself who probably have all those hats. And there's that one day they asked. And so Eric was talking, he says, like, you know, they're, they're calling me and saying, what do I do? I've got three, four hundred people who rely on me. And so, it, you know, that kind of point, I'm, I'm not saying telling you what to do, but I'm thinking you're 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 probably similar to a lot of CEOs or leaders that also need that outlet. And, and I, you know, there's probably serve. Maybe you want to shout out to someone who, who you lean on. Yeah, thank you. Um, my husband. Yeah, he's uh, okay. I'm very fortunate because I have a wonderful family and um, and I have wonderful parents. So that that has helped me, I think, tremendously. Um, he's a geologist, actually. So he's in the oil sector. But, um, yeah. And then women in the community. I, I mean, I have amazing friends in the community who I sit on boards with. Elizabeth Middleton, Shilpa Sharma. M one of my mentors is Jan Wittig. She's a an entrepreneur, female leader in the community who I've known for many years. Um, yeah, women that I admire and respect in the community, um, I think keep me motivated and just continuing to stay positive is so important right now. So, well, I think that, you know, that, that, that for me, the positivity and from, from you, it sounds like the same would be the busyness doing all those hats and juggling those things and just kind of being, cause helping others probably helps you as well. And it, it may be a, you know, going back to your roots as being in the food bank or, you know, those inner city home, homeless shelters like that, you really help. Other Absolutely. People. Like one other person I want to shout out act very much so is Frances Wright. And she's the chair of the board for the Famous Five Foundation and the acting executive director. She just was appointed. Um, she was just a, had a, has a huge Canadian award that she was given um, appointed to the Order of Canada. 7,000 people right, right. who have been appointed to the Order of Canada, and she's one of them. That happened recently. She was also featured in Peter Mansbridge's book on extraordinary Canadians. So nice. she's a woman with an incredible amount of passion and, and hard work and gratitude. And that's what I wanted to really focus on is we are so fortunate to live here, and it we need to be so grateful every day. I mean... I don't, I hear people feeling like they're taken down because they're working from home and restaurants open. And I mean, of yeah. course I feel that way too sometimes. And I can, I can go into a dark place. Obviously I'm human. We're all human, but I think if we can keep gratitude close to our hearts and recognize that we have food on the table, there's people who we have a community of connection. I mean, we're so fortunate sure. in comparison to so many people around the world. Well, I, let, let's, I mean, I want to switch gears, not switch gears, but the, I want to go to the Philharmonic because I had a quick call with Jeremy just before for the, the, the new year. And we were just talking about, it. you know, it must be very difficult for a lot of these fundraising, these um, charities that really needed that in person, shake the hands, you know, and, and, and to get those the support. 
so we were just bouncing some ideas and like Calgary Co-op really stuck in mind because you've got the Cal and Gary at a campaign. And I said, what if you did a collaboration, you brought Phil in. So Phil, let's meet Cal and Gary. And you, you know, and it's kind of a, it's not as it's a fundraising thing. It was more of a, a branding and awareness. I thought, wow, that would be mm-hmm. fun. That's just how That's I think. Creative ideas, right? <laughs> you know, so bounce ideas. And I'm, I'm happy to share that with you offline, Ellen, because there was, we just, I, I would literally was just flowing with a Dr. Phil and, and different things, but, you know, rec- meeting with some of the 60 member orchestra and talking about their stories and through whatever medium, like you, you have a great forum here. I look on Parker PR or the media, the media side. I think there's an opportunity for the Philharmonic for those Absolutely, people. That have a voice yeah. As well. Yeah. So, thank you. Anyway. So let's, let's talk about some of the technology. I think You've, your your website says digital media. Is there a technology that you favor, or maybe you you know you have to use or have used recently? Versus you know, we have our certain equipment that we use with the Parker Media team, so that's information that they're more knowledgeable about than I am. I hire the best people, and I make sure yeah. that they're happy, and I provide strong leadership. <laughs> but um, in terms of yeah. the technology, I can't really speak to that. We've got the best equipment. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the digital media yeah. apps, you know, there's kind of this whole, these things together that make your life easier. I know your website and I'm just going to, you know, you guys use Squarespace or your team uses Squarespace, which is really yeah. user friendly for small business that can help some of your clients who are saying struggling to get that yeah. digital media presence. Yeah, so I think it's key yeah. for companies to definitely have all the social media platforms. Like Facebook definitely is more favored by a bit of an older demographic. So definitely not something to forget about. Um, 40 and up. Well, <laughs> hey, I, yeah. I'm a boomer, so I know that. I'm in the, you know, in the 50, I'm 50 plus. I'm under the 60, you know, there's a category called 60. Okay. 60. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm going for that. <laughs> and then, of course, Instagram. LinkedIn is quite powerful as well. And so is Twitter. So making sure that um, we always ensure that our clients have easy access to all of those platforms linked to their websites and then talking about and sharing yeah. content on all of those platforms, updating your website content frequently is extremely important, especially for search engine optimization. If you're talking about any partners on your website, make sure that you link to their website from your website. So for example, we have a list of all of our clients. If you click on any one of those, it links directly to their website. So little tricks for search engine optimization is really important right now from a digital perspective. Well, just, I mean, to your point about the different platforms and, you know, I, I, I'm kind of religious with Gary Vaynerchuk, but not, I don't listen to everything that he, he posts out, but recently he had a panel, a Zoom, he had a Zoom panel with about 50 different CEOs and I didn't see it, but it was a podcast. So there's just a replay of it. And apparently, so, the, you know, one woman got on and said, oh, you know, I, I can't do more than, you know, we, we hate uh, Mary who posts every day and we're just get sick of her. And he said, look, to, you know, he said, let me give you an example. And, and she goes, I post once a month. And he said, let me give you an example of, you know, how you could post five times a day and not really annoy your, your followers. And he was just, and it was, he drilled down and she's, and she kind of got it, how you could easily do mm-hmm. 50 a month or 50, whatever it is. But, you know, just it's, it's relevancy and the feed, if you don't, you know, there's a whole bunch of which mm-hmm. platform is right. You mentioned Facebook, 
you know, there's a company, there's a company called Wish, and I'd never heard of Wish. And apparently they're going to do an IPO this year. Or they were planning it. And they became a $10 billion company on Facebook, unpublished or unsponsored posts mm-hmm. because they go right to the demographic. And making right sure if you user. are, for example, so, posting five times a day or five times a week, each post is targeting a different audience. So the first step of any strategy is identifying the different audiences that you want to target and researching those audiences and really looking yeah. at what interests them. Who are they? Where are they? And then targeting those posts to hit those five different audiences and using the right hashtags that those five different audiences may follow using and then tagging certain people. So for Instagram, you can tag up to 20 people per post. I highly recommend everybody does that because immediately what you're doing now is you're connecting that post to 20 additional stakeholders. And if each post has specific stakeholders that you've identified in advance and put that in your strategy. (laughs) I love it. See, you're a teacher. I told you you're going to be a teacher. Maybe not art. You're going to, there's so many, you're right there. You just taught. There you go. You know, well, I actually did want to be a teacher when I was very, very young, like five. So there you go. I have it in me and I do, I teach my children all the time. So. Yeah. No, no, but that goes to the art. See, that's the serendipity you mentioned earlier. You, you were kind of, you know, bouncing ideas probably during with your, with, with your colleague, uh, Rockwell and Rockwell. Right. And, and literally you you can't, let's do this which is really a teaching thing because there's going to be some art history mm-hmm. teaching people awareness of their space. And I, you know, you live in this world or your team lives in this world around, you know, media and, and, and posting, but not a lot of people get it. So the cross platform, I just want to, I want to close that off because a LinkedIn post is going to be different. It's more of a business crowd than a Twitter feed. It's more informational. And then you get into Facebook. I don't know TikTok, if you're using TikTok. But I, I had a com- so let's go. I want to go back to my conversation with Jeremy because I think with Philharmonic, those five year olds, six year olds are playing today. They're going to be the Philharmonic uh, exactly. members, the orchestra members of the future. And if you're not, not I'm, I'm not saying this, but there was a Gen Z or said, if you're not, if you don't know us and you don't, if you're not aware of what, who we are, you're part, you're dead. And it was, she was talking about, um, it was a Gen Z or speaking on a very, you know, on Andreessen Horowitz, which is a venture capital firm on their podcast and she was just saying reference to if you don't understand gen z's and so i think the kids that are playing today and learning that musician they're very real in the future they're going to be the musicians and i i don't know when you you know where's that inflection point when you when you start attracting them to be part of the philharmonic Mm -hmm. or liking yeah i that's i mean and that's the important thing of having a holistic approach when it comes to your audience not forgetting the power that certain demographics potentially hold so TikTok, again, is something yeah. that's important. I think that we'll have to see where how time goes with social media and technology because it evolves so quickly and so fast. I'm, you know, I don't know what yes. the future looks like for that. But I mean, one thing for LinkedIn, if anybody is on any committees or boards, linking that to your LinkedIn, that's also very effective to generate awareness of your own brand. Um, and celebrating your successes, so celebrating successes is very important for any small business and sharing that on social media. I think the thing about social media is it's truly an opportunity to do really good work in the world. It's an opportunity to generate positivity, to show really inspiring, interesting things that you're doing. And that should be what people are doing. 
it, it should be used as a platform to elevate, elevate the community through providing interesting information, beautiful content. Um, video is the biggest thing right now for social media. So people are winning when they're creating short 30 second videos and putting them on Instagram. And reels are very popular right now. And <laughs> I, you're speaking. I, I'm literally. This is wonderful because it's almost like some of the pot, like the material I listen to, and exactly that to that point. Like, there's creating awareness, community. You meant you mentioned that word. I mean, it's it's that's exactly how you spread the word to the community. Mm -hmm. the good things are happening. And one other I, thing I, I think it. with any any communication project or strategy is there should always be um, thought in terms of what the overall intention is and what the end goal is. And the most important, the sustainability yeah. piece, how is what I'm doing now making a difference and sustainable for long-term success? So, let, so let's, let's yeah. unpack that. So what you, give, for that, give it's making sure that, that like what you're saying. all of your, in, for, we'll use social media as an example. So all of the channels are connected. What you're talking about on LinkedIn, you receive a new job position, you celebrate that, and then you join a board, you celebrate that, and then you win an award, you take a photo, you put that on there, but you also put it on all of your other platforms. And you also take that content and write a blog and put it on your website. So you're recycling content, but you're ensuring it's on all of your different platforms because each platform is a window to a different audience. And so you can tweak the content slightly, but it's a missed boat if you don't look at a strategy behind where you're putting it and why you're putting it there and who you're reaching out to. I love, so I love that. Cause it's, it's kind of to the point of, so, you know, there's going to be Dr. Larry Summers on, and I'm just giving a quick name on and then LinkedIn, exactly. but on Facebook, he's Larry, he's Larry, the grandfather, he's Larry, hey. the dad, he's Larry, the uncle. And so, I, you know, relevancy becomes very important. And I think to you, the content, the blog, the vlog, people like I, I've had conversations, Ellen, on and off uh, the podcast. Oh, no, those platforms don't work for me. And it just kind of like, listen, it's like Gary Vaynerchuk. Can you hear this? And I was like, but the, the, creating that relevancy. So back to that point, the woman, and he said, look, let's give an example to your business. And I can't remember what it was, but you put a post out there. Is your account, is your CFO not uh, hiring the right digital media person or what, or is your CEO, uh, you know, buying products from whatever. And so creating relevancy to get the attention and you could get that attention that could go, you know, on different platforms. But I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Cause then you can create that in 10 different cities. Uh -huh. It's like that five, visible that digital right footprint. There. What are you doing? And looking at each of the different platforms and ensuring that you've got that content on all of them is going to be far more beneficial. It's not really worth it just to put it on one, to be honest. It's a waste of your time. You know, I spent a lot of time over the holidays and looking at, you talked about hashtags. And when I had the life in Calgary, um, well, they, this Live Tech Love Life handle over Instagram. And literally, I, I learned so much about hashtags. And, and, but I saw so many commonalities where people are just selling, selling, selling on Instagram. You know, and the same things come across, you know, just, you know, pushing. And it wasn't to your, I look at your content, it's content. It's, it's sharing relevancy, but a lot of people are doing the same thing. That's just not just in Canada or in the U.S. That was across the globe. 
that selling the you know the inspiration mm-hmm. or, you know that selling 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 so it's not it's not hard to get ideas that everyone else is doing that's what i was noticing mm-hmm. yeah there's know, a lot of noise right now on the digital in the digital world and how do you stand out and how do you stay relevant right and i mean that's obviously really strong content but it's also putting your content on all of the different platforms So how do you, I mean, do you have, okay, so I understand the plot. Well, how would you stand out? What, what is your recommendation? I think you've said it, but maybe you could just concisely say, how would I stand out as a small business when all the other restaurants, when all the other. Well, I think it's things? important to out? number one, have really strong values connected with your brand. Um, I think that you stand out when what you're saying is meaningful and authentic. People can kind of see through the BS Um, Also, I think it's important to make sure that you're accurate and your content is um, clear and compelling. I mean, it even comes back to grammar, you know, make sure that everything that you're writing is well written and grammatically correct. Um, And also looking at your audiences, not everybody, I mean, stand out to who would be the question I would have. Um, It's, I think it's, it's, a, it's important to make sure that you're speaking to the right people that you want to speak with. And so really identifying. So with every, right. every different organization, you're going to be using, you know, if we want to talk about hashtags, different hashtags. So making sure that you're using the right ones. So you're, you're actually looking at how many people follow the hashtags and you're using the ones that have way more followers. So if you say, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not on the computer right now other than so I can't give you exact examples. For example, <laughs> if I'm having a party and yeah. I say party YYC, that could have a certain number of hashtags. But maybe if I say YYC party, that has way more. So I would make sure that I'm being cognizant of the numbers. Numbers matter when it comes to that kind of thing. Well, it's interesting you say that as well, because if, if you, you get a different look on your phone on, for Instagram than you do on the, the mobile app mm-hmm. or the, uh, the uh, desktop. So you'll get to see the most re- recent posts or the most fi- whatever it's called, the most, uh, the most posts. And then down below will be the most recent. And there's a big difference. So most posts or most favorite or whatever, or most popular, and they'll give you the numbers. But if you go down below a little bit further, you can see the most recent mm-hmm. under that hashtag. And so there's a difference. And a lot, you know, it's just, if you're just really using the mobile or you're just using the desktop, I think people need to do that as well, the two to check out for Instagram. for sure. And I think it's also to be mindful that a lot of people in the community, they buy followers. There's a a lot of people that have fake followers. (sighs) It's really important to consider. I would strongly look at if any business wants to hire an influencer to help them, I would strongly not just look at the number of followers, but I would look at the engagement. You know, if you have 8,000 followers and one or two comments per post and 20 to 50 likes, it's a very high probability that those are all purchased followers and that's not doing anything for your brand. And that's something that my company does is we, we are very connected in the community. We know all of the influencers and we know who has real followers and who has fake followers. Yeah, no, it's obvious. So, and I, I I think Gary, Gary Raynchuk talks about that. He said, I'd rather engage. I'd rather have a hundred people engaged Mm -hmm. than a thousand people and no engagement. Yeah. You know, you know, exactly. Customers and your people. Yeah. 
So I wanted to, you, you made a really good point because people are spending money promoting tweets and promoting, and, and it's really just almost like doing billboards if nobody's driving or running ads and mm -hmm. flyers that nobody's, nobody's reading. I mean, it's, it's really almost wasted money because somebody, I don't know, maybe they get, they get sold on that one. And that, that, that could be a learning, almost a learning blog mm -hmm. for your, your team or I would do something like that, but it's, it's incredible because those small business owners, they don't know if they didn't have a digital presence before COVID and suddenly they're in this, they're mm -hmm. getting a sold a bill of goods. Exactly. On, and if online, you do want can... to put money toward marketing on social media, it's really important. I feel to make sure you put the time in to go through all of the different steps of identifying the target market, how old they are, what they like. I mean, the social media platforms do provide you with a lot of different um, questions when you are purchasing social media advertising. So I think yeah. it's really important to be as specific as possible when you're doing that. And it does take some time, but even knowing that, you know, a CEO who didn't, wasn't, didn't grow up in the age of Instagram and social media may not even understand that. So they're paying someone several nope. thousands of dollars a month to run their digital marketing and not knowing puts us in a position where we, we can't measure, measure the output with respect to what's coming back to our company from a marketing perspective. Right? So I think tips and tricks for any CEO to understand themselves will help them navigate who to hire and where to invest their money. Well, I guess to your point, you were saying earlier, and you and I talked a little bit offline as well, how busy you became because those questions were coming to you or your clients were sort of had this, you know, that's a, that's a hard to navigate because you're like, well, I've, already, I've done this 50 times. So maybe you do a, a video of it. I've got this question so many times. Here you go. Yeah, we do. Done, we have workshops that we give our clients to help them with each of the different kind of line items that we've touched on, um, touched on today. But yeah, it's there's so many things. I mean, one other thing that we got really heavily into is crisis communications, as you can imagine, and navigating major issues. I mean, through COVID, we've right. dealt with Black Lives Matter. We've there have been protests. I mean, the whole Trump administration was quite interesting. Uh, from <laughs> no, really, was he in the news? I didn't, so I didn't know he was we've had to navigate a whole range <laughs> of people saying the wrong thing. Um, a brewery launching a beer with a questionable title. I mean, it's been a whole gamut of navigating crisis communications. Lucky for me, I've had a lot of experience in that world in my former positions as an employee of other organizations. But yeah. that's been, yeah, that's been a part of the brain fatigue component that we've experienced. <laughs> So I wanted to I wanted to give you there's one other thing, maybe a couple other things, but this this you, you mentioned something about a dance studio and there was some real creativity. Uh, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but I, I did and I wrote it down. Can you share sorry, you just cut out there, Alan. With, I just uh, missed that question. Oh so back when we had a chat offline, you mentioned uh, during COVID you one of your dance studios, you got really creative. One of your clients or customers, um, could you share that? Or do you yes, I'm trying that? to differentiate between during COVID and pre-COVID what we did with some of our clients. Um, we did we we do work with a, a company called Balatiques, 
Um, although I'm not, I, I'm just trying to remember, um, do you? Do... Uh, I just wrote a video and you had mentioned something that they were really creative during COVID. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. So one of, one of our, one of the dance MIT. studios went from teaching ba a, a ballet class in person, of course, to doing online Zoom ballet classes. Um, you know what? It may have been we have yeah. a we, a client who's a brewery, and one thing that we did we came up with this idea during COVID was we partnered them with a yoga studio, and we offered Friday happy hour beer drops with yoga. So we had our, um, <laughs> and it was very successful. There were a number of people who participated. You joined the Eventbrite link and and purchased your ticket to participate. But the ticket was basically just to purchase your beer. So then the company dropped off beer to your door that sure. afternoon. And then starting at 5 p.m., all of the participants logged on to a Zoom call with an amazing, well-recognized yoga professional from our community and did a virtual yoga class weekly on Fridays, yeah. holding your beer while you did yoga. And that was really fun. And the company won an Alberta brewery award um for different things that they've Just implemented nice. through wow. through the year but yeah so that's an example i think yeah. i can't i don't know if that's the one i was referring to but that that was one that was cool and i mean you wouldn't necessarily put a brewery and a yoga a, a small yoga business together right but that kind of innovative business idea and strategy with cool partnerships yeah, yeah that, that's a key, right? The, the partnerships, the unusual partnerships that are happening. And I'm, I'm just one last, because this, this one reminded me of Derek Manns and his, the, I don't know if you know, Stagehand Live with Derek. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Alan, you, you cut out again for some reason. Yeah, I don't know if we're having a, um, if we're having an internet. I, oh, so I was referring okay. to Derek Manns and his Stagehand Live. And there's a post you had earlier in the year, and it was just a, it's a collage of all these Philharmonic, the hashtag is CPO musicians. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you cut out again. So oh, Stagehand no, Live, sure. that's, um, is that live music experiences? So Derek, man, he was kind of like, I don't know if he's like you, but he, you know, he, he pivoted into, into creating this Stagehand Live for, for performing artists to get, get them a gig before pre-COVID it was all, you know, whatever they can yes, get the gig. Yes, yes, yes. I know. The, I know what you're talking airport, about. Getting musicians. So on your, on your Instagram handle, there's a collage of musicians playing various pieces from the okay. Philharmonic. I can see, you know, the violin and so forth. That reminds me very much. So it was CPO yeah. musicians. That's yeah. So that would be one of the hashtags. The, 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 so anybody on Instagram who's looking for that kind of content would put hashtag CPO musicians and then that picture would come up. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's the, the ads. So you did that. We need music and love more than ever. Check out it's the ad. That's actually their account. CPO musicians latest project on Facebook and YouTube. And it just very much reminded me of Derek Manns and his 
his uh, and and then I think a lot yeah, of people yeah that. totally I mean, I mean it's and this is, what I, a great I'm, way to help keep them you know to give them some livelihood and and continue to generate some revenue for them because yeah. yeah that's an industry that's been decimated yeah. So Ellen, I'm going to let you have one last chance. What, how do people, I mean, I found you kind of, you found me and then I found you. So, but like, how do people. Find yeah. You? So we're rent, located in Kensington on Kensington Road and 10A Street on the corner. Our friends who own DeVille just moved in below us. So we have a new coffee shop opening tomorrow on Saturday. That's really exciting. And we are on the second level in sort of a heritage brick building. Um, we can see downtown from my office. It's a beautiful yeah. spot. It's about an eight-minute walk to Holt Renfrew. And I also live in this neighborhood, so it's about a three-minute <laughs> walk to my house, which is amazing. That work-life balance, I think, is so important. And um, you can find us on our website at Parker PR or our Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. We also have Facebook. Um, and you can find us in the community. Oftentimes, we're, when we can be anyway, post COVID, we will be um, out in the community yeah. at charity events and we do tons of pro bono work. Um, I've worked with the Brenda Strafford Center for years as a volunteer, brought my team on board um, to be a full on PR partner for them pro bono. And uh, we just, we love, we love having a platform that can actually truly help people and help charities that we care about. So that's what keeps me going. And uh, that's what makes me tick. You know, you know, you, you bring in Inglewood. So I came back, I did a lot of podcasts and I was driving in Inglewood a lot last year in early, before COVID. And there's that, there's the little, I was stopping. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, you go towards the bridge to go across to the zoo. Yeah, it's like a right burger joint or? I don't know. The, <laughs> and I'd always get like the, you get the uh, the shake, the blueberry shake, and the blueberries always stick in the straw. But I, I, I tried to get them on. I tried to get them on the podcast, but nobody responded on Instagram. So yeah, I will you could, for you. Maybe I'm you gonna get them PR on. I'm gonna give them a connect nudge. with them today. I I don't know if they're still open, but we'll find out. <laughs> and then there's the blue room. I reached out the to the blue, blue store. You, you know the blue room or the blue store. Yeah, it's right across um, the Broadway. On Seventeenth yeah, Avenue. Shop. Yes, or not? Is it Ninth or Seventeenth? Yeah, so right in Inglewood. So just before, I think it's past Palumbo's. Um, or before I'm not familiar, but if you're driving, if you look left, you're driving towards the brewery. If you look left, there's a blue. I think it's a Korean Korean store. It's, it's okay, but they're. Their Instagram cool. handle is the So blue you want to get them store. on as well. <laughs> yeah. I look anyone's in there's no Okay, I have no well, way like I said, Tasha Fishman, she's interesting. Podcast, so. Well, I, yeah, that we there's there's no limit. So anyway, Ellen, really thank you so much today. This has been fantastic. And you I've learned a lot. <laughs> well, thanks for the chat, Alan, and let me know if you need well. anything else. You too. Have a wonderful okay, well, weekend. Take care and stay safe, Ellen. All right.